Ranger. So, Jacqueline just had a little breakthrough about why she's scared to talk on the phone. Yeah. What's what's the story? You okay. Called, you called your friend, or your friend called you, or something. Yeah. Well, one time when I was younger. We're making guacamole, by the way. Um. So one time when I was younger. I was talking to this girl on the phone, and we were on home phones. It was that long ago. And I had to go because mom was making dinner or something. So we hung up the phone. I was like, okay, I'll call you back later. And then about an hour or so goes by, and I pick up the phone to call her back. And I just thought it was, like, the nice thing to do was to call her back because I told her that I had to go. And I don't know. I just thought maybe she would want to continue the conversation. So I called her back, and the first thing she says to me is, oh, well, what do you want? (laughs) And I seriously had nothing to offer. I really didn't have anything else that I wanted to say. I just called her because it was the right thing to do. And I was like, well, uh, I mean, I guess I'll go because I don't have anything to say. (laughs) It's clear that I'm unwanted here. Yeah, and since that day, I just have That is literally as long as I can remember. I have not enjoyed talking on the phone since then. Or, like, calling people has just been... It's given me so much anxiety since that day. Hmm. It's been, like, years. But it is... Un- unless I know them. Unless it's, like, you or mom or something like that. Right, right. But... <laughs> but I can't call work. I can't even call... Oh, my gosh. Unless I seriously have, like, a planned out script of what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Get my point across. Mm-hmm. And then... Like, I have to know exactly what I want to say because I don't want to waste anybody's time, I feel like. But if you don't have, like, a, a script or just, like... I mean, just to... I heard you talking to Zach on the phone earlier. Well, yeah, but Zach's another person that's, like, you or Mom or Marissa. Like, you guys are all people that I am comfortable talking to on the phone. Mm-hmm. But if I don't know you... Or if I do know you just a little bit but not enough where I, like, lay in bed and talk to you <laughs> on the phone... Right. Comfortably, Pillow then... Talk. Right, then it's not going to be a comfortable conversation to have. Yeah, just because of that one time where you thought you were going to provide value or whatever you were doing was going to be received in a positive manner, and what you were expecting and what actually happened were two different things. Now, what's that called, Austin? Cognitive dissonance. Well, I think it's a, there, are different, there are different terms. Cognitive dissonance is more like... Mm, over the course of like a, a while, not just like in a random situation. Oh, I think I added too much lime juice to this. Yeah, I another, saw a lot of lime in there. <laughs> we need another avocado. Um, I, I think cognitive dissonance is more so when you're like, um, when you're working an office job, but like everything else about you is like, I love the outdoors. I love... Hiking and fishing and whatever, and then like every day you go into work, you're like, man, I freaking hate this. I think that's cognitive dissonance. Oh, okay. And not like, not like uh, I feel tired, but I should go get some soap or whatever. I don't think that's the correct usage of it. Oh, okay. You know. Hmm. I don't know. As far as I'm understanding, I'm no. Who am I? You know. <laughs> or like, um. This is an example that we learned in class. Was like. If you have an idea that somebody is a negative person in your mind, yeah, and then they're nice to you. Yeah, what would you like, think? What would you think about that person if they, 
If you haven't met him before or what? No, like if you, in your head, like the school bully or something, you like absolutely hate them. Mm -hmm. But then one day, like they come up to you and say, oh, hey, Austin, I really like your hat. You look really good in that. You look really good in black. Mm -hmm. Then you FaceTime in dissonance because you're like, oh, crap. Well, why am I like suddenly thinking good things about you when I know that I hate you? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just like uh, at Unleash Unleash the Power Within, Tony Robbins, he did this example where he brought this uh, lady up and he said, okay, what's her name? I don't know, Mary or something. It was definitely not Mary. She was foreign. But he said, uh, all right, so suppose that your, your model of Mary, your mental model of Mary is that she is um, a manipulative person and she like uses people to get what she wants. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care about your feelings, right? right? So if you think that Mary's manipulative and that's your model of her, if uh, you have an interaction with her and she said, and she was really nice to you. Hey, how's it going? How's your day? What's the first thing that you're thinking of if you already have a model that she's manipulative? Right. Like, what do you want from me? Yes. Right? Right. Like, of what course. is, okay, like, how are you going to be a snake today, Mary? <laughs> yeah. What do you want from me? However, same person, right? Now you have a mental model of Mary and you know that she's like a compassionate person and she steps out of her way to make sure that people um, are comfortable and get what they want, right? Then if she comes up to you and says, hey, Jacqueline, how are you today? Oh my gosh, so good to see you. Now, everything's normal, right? Mm -hmm. But what if you, you know, what if you think that she's a compassionate and nice person and she like storms by you or gives you a glare or like scowls at you if you think she's a nice person, what's going on there in your mind? She's not nice anymore. Maybe she's having a bad day. Right? She's generally like a nice person. That's what your model is. Like, man, Mary's always compassionate. And then she like, scowls at you. Yeah, like what's her problem today? Yes. Right? Yeah. You would think. But then... Huh. So that's like... What you can do to shape maybe your phone conversations is like, who, you know, who am I talking to? Mm, what's my model of that person on the other end? Like if you build your mental model around everybody as just being like a good person, compassionate person, whenever you talk to them, then you're either going to have a slight cognitive dissonance and be like, oh, maybe they're just having a bad day. But your overall general view of the world is still uplifting, right? You're giving them the benefit of the doubt. As opposed to if you have that negative view of the world, you're thinking on the phone like, oh, these people are such dicks. They're going to manipulate me. They're going to like throw me in the trash. They don't value me, right? Then somebody jumps on the phone and says, hi, Jacqueline. Thanks for calling in. You're like, oh, yeah, well. It, yeah, I, it's it's a good thing that I did call in because you don't care about me and you wouldn't, you know? Like now, even though that person's being nice to you, you have the mental model of them being mean and bringing everything else down. So why not just change that and say the mental model of everybody on the other side of the phone is going to be positive and uplifting. And if they're mean to me, then it's just maybe they're having a bad day. But that's ultimately going to affect the way that you conduct yourself on the phone, Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's what's so scary about talking on the phone. It's like, because I do, like, know these people, but you don't know who's going to pick up the phone, too. 
So, like, you might have, um, like, today when I called work to see if I could pick up a few shifts over break, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, one manager that could answer the phone right now is, like, super nice, mm-hmm. super lighthearted. There's another manager, scary to talk to, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I just, it's another thing about, like, just not knowing who's going to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you do know. Or, like, for Hobie, I had to call, like, six different kids mm-hmm. before we went to Hobie and just, like, talked to them about what it was going to be about and how excited they were. And I, like, had this vision in my head that I was going to, like, talk to every student. Like, I was thinking I was going to talk to, like, a 15, 16-year-old kid. And I called somebody and their parents picked up. And I was like, hey, can I talk to this girl? And they're like, um, no, you can just talk to me so i seriously had to like sit here and talk to this mom for a bit what i was like uh that's super uncomfortable but okay and then like calling the next person it took me like a few days to recover (laughs) from that i was like okay mentally prepare myself for everything that's gonna happen Mm. so Mm. then i started like texting people instead and i was like hey is this so-and-so, is it okay to call you or am I going to talk to your mom on the phone? Who's going to be a bitch to me? <laughs> is it okay if I call? Yeah. So I just have a lot of different like experiences with talking on the phone. It's just like that unknown feeling, mm. uncertainty. And that brings a lot of people a lot of anxiety. That's one thing that I get anxiety from is the phone for sure. But, like, what's weird is that I can literally, like, drive three hours away and go to a meeting for something. Or, mm-hmm. You know? Like, being in that being in that group with random people for Give Back Hack. Oh, that was yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. But and when you were it, out of your shell. Like, you were, you know, exploring and, and embodying, I think, everything that you want people to see about you. But it's a lot harder to do if you're on the phone and maybe there's, like, limited context Yes. With that, and people can't like see your emotions, they can't feel your energy yeah. as well, so you have to project everything like through your voice. Yeah, and you can also decide, like when you go places, you can decide by looking at a person. You can tell by their body language how approachable they're going to be. But on the phone, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You can, but um, it's a lot harder. I just feel like you never know how busy the restaurant's going to be or how... Mm-hmm. What the person's going to be doing when you give them this call. So. Right. Situationally, they could be in a not a good a good position, right? Maybe yeah, maybe two other people like them. maybe two other people that called off that day and they're short staffed, and right. uh, you know you're calling in to say, hey, I'm going to be 20 minutes late today, and they're like freaking out because they just had a 15 top sit down and like everybody else is full. <laughs> <laughs> that's you see that's when I think that people need to be like, okay, there is a wait. At this point. <laughs> Y'all need to cool it. That's what a lot of restaurants, like, don't do. Like, a lot of B-dubs are like, okay, well, well, not to say. <clears throat> Just old crinkly pants over there. <laughs> not not to say that in general, but, like, I feel like people, when you are stressed out, like, some people don't really take that into consideration. They just, like, keep throwing things at you and, like, oh, yeah. All right, you're stressed. I'm sorry, but, like, this is what the environment needs from you right now on top of what you're going through. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, everybody needs to just take a break <laughs> and, like, let me get myself back together so I can provide the best experiences for whom I'm serving. 
of course. But at the same time, you know, the customer's always right. The customer has to come first. Like, like nobody gives a shit how you feel. <laughs> mm. Right? But, like, before they even sit down, mm-hmm. that's, once they sit down, that's when the experience starts, I feel like. I think the experience starts from when the I time you know from the time you look up the hours on your phone right how easy is it to navigate you know do they have like good and that that gets into like online marketing and google seo and you know who's who's designing the entire customer experience like the entire customer experience i think starts from like the first time that they heard about the company let's say it's b-dubs or whatever like how did you how did you hear about b-dubs When's the first time that you were became aware of their brand? Oh, jeez. Do you remember? Um, I can back remember. Back in, like, seventh grade from other people mm-hmm. saying that they've, like, been there or something or through sports or people talking about going out to eat there or doing whatever. Do you remember if it was, like, from friends that you trusted or, like, a family member or, like, people that you didn't think very highly of? Um, I think friends that I trusted. I remember, for me, I was with dad, and we were going to some sort of air show. I don't know if it was in Cleveland or Columbus. I can't remember. It might have been in Cleveland. <clears throat> and for some reason, we stopped at a, a BW3s is what he called it. Uh-huh. And we didn't really call it B-dubs, right? Now it's got like a, they had like a, a marketing kind of rebranding, and they call everything B-dubs and whatever. It did not used to be like that. Mm. Buffalo Wild Wings or BW3s. Mm-hmm. And we went in, and this is, I don't know, I was probably in seventh grade or something. I was young. Maybe even younger than that. And I think it was just the two of us. He said, yeah, this is a, you know, it's like a sports bar. You go in there and you got greasy chicken wings and drinking beer. And, you know, you're watching watching sports and there's no windows it was real dark in there, and people were, you know, back in college, back in his day, like, yeah, people would be smoking in there. So my first experience of, like, hearing about the B-Dubs brand was, like, coming from dad and, he like, his interpretation of it. So mm. I didn't fully understand where he was coming from because I hadn't lived through the college experience and, you know, realized that. Sometimes greasy food, beer, and like watching sports is a lot of fun for a mm-hmm. lot of people, right? Especially in that environment. But to me, as like a, a young, green, I don't know how old I was, but I was like, man, that sounds like crap. Like, that's probably not good. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went in and I just like looked around for everything that reinforced what he was saying or what he had said. Oh, and yeah. It, Where's the greasy chicken wings? Yeah, yeah. L- let me look around for all the fat people who are wasting their lives, like, drinking beer at the bars and watching sports that don't matter. <laughs> I was, like, looking around for that stuff, and guess what? I found it, mm-hmm. right? I could find that stuff. Oh, yeah. Right. But you can also, like, find so many other things. You can find that anywhere. Right, yeah. But it depends, like, sometimes subconsciously you receive this information from people who offhandedly make a remark... And now it's like ingrained in, into your brain even mm-hmm. before you have any experience with it firsthand. And that's kind of what I've been trying to work on too is like, I have noticed that for sure. Like not even, I mean, it works with kids really well. Oh yeah. Obviously, but like even people my age, like if you say one thing about somebody, like people are always going to think about that person or that experience like differently. That's why like when I worked at the rec center, like 
I didn't like it because we would stand still for so long. Oh, and I'm right, like, right, oh my right. gosh, I can't, I can't stand still for this long. So one time like this, this kid came into the wreck and he's like, man, I see you here all the time. And I was like, yeah, today's actually my last day. Like I'm quitting because I don't want to, because like I'm, I can't really stand still for this long. It's not something <laughs> that I enjoy doing. Like, right. and I kind of, I didn't like trash talk it, but I literally said like, we just stand for mm-hmm. so long mm-hmm. because I was like ready to quit like I was I've had enough right so next time he comes into the wreck and he sees me he's like oh yeah all I can see is like everybody's just standing there now I notice like everybody just everybody that works here just stands Mm -hmm. and then he would like say something when I was like in front of my manager one day and he was like oh I see you're still standing around here something like that and Mm. I'm like oh my gosh like oh don't say that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's like literally all he thinks when he sees the wreck, when he sees me now, that's all he thinks is like, hey, that's that girl that used to work at the wreck, but that, she doesn't. There's old Standy. Yeah. That's like what he thinks of me now. Right. Jeez. And it's just like, there's so many situations like that. And I feel like that's dangerous when it comes to like professors too, because as oh, soon yeah. as you, oh my like gosh, that, yeah. comes to their, that comes down to like people's jobs sometimes. Uh-huh. Like if you make one bad decision, like. People are on you. Mm-hmm. Like, people will not take classes if, like, one bad report shows up. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's really... It's, it's really messed sad. up. Like, the power of influence. Mm-hmm. And this is why, like, for me, I... <clears throat> generally, sometimes I skip days or whatever. I take, um, you know, I take a lot of precautions and, like, a lot of steps to, like, prime my brain... To like look for the right things because if I have like just a neutral uh, mentality going out into the world, think of how easily you can be swayed, right? Mm -hmm. If you're like, instead, if you like prime your mind every morning through meditation or reading and journaling or whatever, like setting goals for yourself and saying consciously, anybody I get on the phone with, they're, if they're mean to me, they're just having a bad day as a person. They're really a good person, right? And if you're priming your mind to like, Think that way. Think how much harder it is for somebody to say, oh, don't take that class. That professor sucks. If you have a positive mentality, you're like, well, we'll see. You know, let me make my own decisions. But if you have a neutral mentality, you've just rolled out of bed and like don't really care, don't really have any ambition or direction. If somebody says, oh, dude, don't do not do that. That professor sucks. You'd be like, oh, yeah, screw him. Right? right. And then now what? Now there's double the amount of people who are hating on this professor. Hmm. Think about this. I remember there was a, there was some, it wasn't really controversial, but when I was looking at, at classes, people would, um, it was the same thing. People would leave like comments on professors and ratings and whatever. Right. Which is kind of crazy. It's like hot or not. <laughs> rate my professor, right? Right. Rate my professor. And, uh, there were, there was a, um, there was this one professor, I can't remember his name, but he was like a sociology teacher, I think. And he was known for kind of having dry humor and he would take like long pauses and like speak slowly and, and very diligently. Um, but some kids who are just like there, like short attention spans on their phone, like they just want to get the homework and leave. You know, they were like, this guy sucks as a professor. He wastes your time. Like. He talks really slow, like half the class is just like in silence because he's looking around and blah, blah, blah. And then there were others, intellectuals like myself, (laughs) who were thinking like, 
this guy is, you know, punctual when he speaks. He doesn't use any extra words. He adds space for dramatic effect. Like it's really engaging to hear him talk because he's full of wisdom and wants you to, you know, make your own thoughts in between what he's saying. And he doesn't want to like continue to speak super fast and just give you information. So there was like a 50-50 at like a, you know, a 50% approval. And I ended up taking the class and really enjoying it. Hmm. Because I didn't have like, I didn't take all those opinions of the people who were, you know, not in the same mindset that I was. Huh. Found some good friends in that class. Yeah, that's really interesting. Or think about like restaurant reviews on Yelp or Google or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like people who are, or Facebook, um, people who give that, give the business a one star review, a one star review. Did you get your food? Did you eat? <laughs> did you even go to the restaurant? Like, did somebody did somebody talk to you? Did you die though? <laughs> mm. Like, holy crap! And then you read those reviews. Like, now I think people are starting to catch on, and the people who are leaving one star reviews are just kind of overlooked. I was like, oh man, you're just freaking dramatic. Like, a one star review. I don't even know if I would give it. Maybe. Maybe I would. It'd have to be really bad. It'd have to be really bad. And usually, like, people are able to make up for that. Like, if it's really bad and, like, you're noticeably mm-hmm. making it really bad, then, like, servers or managers will, like, comp your meal, mm-hmm. give you a discount, say, you're, say they're sorry. Do, right. They'll do something to, like, make up for it because they don't want that one, one star. But you can't... Go into B-Dubs and be like, hey, you know you guys have, a, on average, a two-star rating on Yelp? Yeah, I'd like a free meal, please. <laughs> you can't be doing that. Right. But if you're going in there expecting a, a two-star service out of five, are you going to treat the waitstaff differently? Are you going to treat the host differently? Are you going to, like, have a different interpretation of how the wings taste? Are you going to, like, point out that the beer's not cold enough or it seems flat or the TV's too loud? These people, there's kids all over the place. Like, if you were primed to go into an environment to see all the negative things, that's what's going to come out. Mm-hmm. It's just the way things work, you know? Agreed. And it can be the same thing for, like, five-star reviews and, like, really good uh, reviews of places. Like, I don't know if you can think of anything. Maybe think about BG. Is there, like, a place that people rave about for food or like, oh, you have to go here. Oh, this is a tradition. Oh, this is a classic. Mm-hmm. Like where? Um, they used to have like Miles Pizza, but that's taken down now. Mm-hmm. Like Polly Eyes. Mm-hmm. So that's like a pizza place that everybody's like obsessed with. Mm-hmm. But mm, I love it. I love the food there. I love the breadsticks. But like my friend worked there for a day mm-hmm. and he came out with like a completely different mindset about everything. He's like, it was... I don't really want to say that loud, but like, just like restaurants in general, he's like, it was dirty. Like, I could not even stand to work there because, like, it was so dirty inside. But everybody else, like, raves about these awesome breadsticks and this awesome food. But, like, seeing it from a different perspective, he's like, oh, that's not what I was expecting from this. Like, I will not be working here anymore. Right, and maybe not eating there. Right. But if, here's, here's what I was trying to get at. Is um, if you 
Like, I'm thinking of this place in, in uh, Portland, Oregon. No, you know what? I'm not even going to use that example because I did not want to stand in line for this freaking voodoo donut place. Like, it was this donut place that um, was like this kind of hole in the wall. It's open 24-7 and they only accept cash. Um, but they basically have, like, custom donuts. You can, like, make your own, I don't know, toppings or whatever. And they're supposed to be, like... Uh, uh, like out of this world donuts, you know, Morty, Morty. And <gasps> of course, when I got there, there was a big line and I didn't have any cash on me. <clears throat> I was like, man, I'm not even going to go in there. But, um, that's like one of the things is, you know, if you look up on online or whatever, it will have five star reviews for days mm-hmm. and always have a line. And you're like, why is this place so popular? And like, how did it become popular? Right. Right. I don't get it. And it's probably because people look and are primed to see these five-star reviews. And even if you walk into this this establishment that's like shanty and, you know, outdated, people will say, oh, it has character. Like, oh, you can tell that, you know, it has so much history to it. Or it has has a lot of love in the the ingredients. When if – as opposed to if it was being rated as one-star – People would go in there and say, like, things are outdated. It's really old and disgusting there. Like, you can tell that, you know, people go here, eat these donuts, and wither and die as their last meal. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> I mean, you can see it's it's all, like, about perspective. Yeah. And different lenses that you put on. I've actually uh, – Zach took me to a small little place in – uh, Columbus actually for breakfast the other day. I don't even remember what it was called. Like Jack and Betty's. Jack and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I walked in there and I was like, "This is literally just like the corner or what's that place on the back roads?" Yeah, back roads down here is what I was thinking. But he's like, "Oh my gosh, like this, this all these famous people come in here. This is such a popular place. Right. Like they don't even have a POS system. Right. They literally don't. Like they take your ticket." Like, they take your order on a ticket and then give it to the cook. Yeah, they hang the ticket up. Yeah, and you can literally, like, watch the cook, like, make your meals and then put it up and then they ring a bell. I'm like, holy crap, like, this is really outdated, but they definitely have the technology to fix it up now. Oh, of course. Or close it down, but they keep it like this because that's just what everybody likes. Right, that's what gives it the reviews. Yeah, dang. Yeah, so you could, like, if... If Zach had walked you in there, like, if you if you both were from out of town, and you're like, you know what? We're starving. We need to check out, like, we need to eat. Let's just go to this place because it's on the side of the road or whatever. It's here, right. And you walked in there, and you had no preconceived notions about it. Like, what would you have thought? I would have thought, like, ew. Let's go somewhere else. But he, <laughs> yeah, he he primed, he prepped me for it. He's yeah. like, all right, this is a sweet place. Like, you're going to love it. It's, it's so always packed. Here. It's always packed. Yeah, I come in here, like... I've came in here since I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. And then now that it has like some value to him as a person, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And now it has value to me as well. Hmm. Yeah. And people are, people are like that too. I mean, think of within the confines of a restaurant, you can kind of categorize things and be like, okay, the POS system, the food, the atmosphere, right? The music, the smell, whatever. There are like all these things that you can categorize, but think of how diverse humans are. So if you're like judging good and bad in just a restaurant environment, think of how how many more excuses to think of someone as good or bad in a human, like the qualities of any other person. Yeah. So it's like, it's going to be really easy to be swayed one way or the other 
if like the only interaction you've had with someone was over the phone in the context of you calling them as your man or as them being your manager and you're calling him late or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways to, to see people. And if we just like have an overarching view of the world as like on the up and up and like being positive, then it's a lot easier for our brain to compartmentalize and like classify things as being good or being off today <laughs> as opposed to everything's just bad and oh it seems like they're having a good day well good for them right oh good for you good for you huh yeah something to munch on something to snack on brain snacks 